0: Maybe you're at a loss for meaningful, life-giving words these days.
1: Not information or arguments or agendas, but wonder and hope that meet your empathetic and curious faith with a fresh word.
0: We are a guild of pastors always rooted in ancient text, but friendly to laughter, art, sarcasm, and a bit of sacrilege. Wander with us while our perspectives, our attitudes, and our faith are altered for a new generation of being the church. We are Altar Guild. We are Altar Guild. We are Altar Guild. We are Altar Guild. The Christmas story includes obscure and painful texts we avoid in worship. It's hard to face the pain of violence and exile this season, but these verses are important. They remind us how dangerous it was for God to come into the world in this way. Right after the joy of Jesus' birth, King Herod's jealousy rears its ugly head as he orders the murder of every child under two in or around the city of Bethlehem. This story is known as the slaughter of the innocents, and it is a story of loud lamentation. In this episode, Meta shares some of her personal story of the slaughter of her own innocence, and claims power in the inability to be consoled. A note before we begin, this episode includes content
1: related to rape and sexual assault. I hear women explaining themselves, why they've been silent, or why they are speaking now. I see women tempering their anger, clenching their jaws, so that their words can matter for even a moment. Why didn't you tell anyone right away? They'd ask, or seek help sooner. I used to guest speak for a college program in criminal justice. I would tell my story about being raped in all of its hazy and razor sharp details. To provide a safe place for students to ask questions about sexual assault. I was there to field curiosity and build empathy so that their careers would be better for the pieces of myself shared. Survivors of all kinds spent a lot of time and energy trying to keep it together. We don't want to be stereotyped judged or blamed or shamed or targeted again. We sweep up the little bits of control and dignity we can find and do our best to hold our own emotions so that we can feel safe and so others can feel comfortable. There is already enough manipulation and violence all around, and so we don't tell because we cannot bear to unravel in a world that seems ever ready to devour the weak ones. What does this have to do with Christmas, you ask? When the wise men don't return to the palace to out the newborn king, Herod orders all the small children in and around Bethlehem to be killed. We rarely hear this story read in worship because King Herod's paranoia and fury are like a jolt of pain and darkness in the season where hope and light are supposed to win. But I cannot skip the quick description, the slaughter of innocence. I imagine parents of these babies and toddlers, ruined by the forces of royal and toxic masculinity. Do they have permission from their neighbors and families to lose it completely? To spiral down into the real grief and loss that is their hearts and homes destroyed by death? Do the mothers still wake at night, their breasts pulsing with milk, their dreams filled with the cries of one not yet done nursing and living. The text recalls loud lamentation in Jeremiah that holds sacred space for this wailing and weeping, for a mother who refused to be consoled because her children are no more. But where is the sacred space today? Where can we wail and weep for the injustices of the world without being told to pull it together, to calm down, to stop making everyone else so uncomfortable with our grief and pain. Hours after the slaughter of my own innocence, I walked out of the hospital alone and ashamed and ready to keep silent. I did not have the strength to manage the reaction of my family or friends, let alone navigate legal action while starting college. My spirit bled out slowly that first semester guarded, and tired, and unwilling to face even small fragments of what had happened to me. It was in the dark and cold of January that the trauma of rape finally caught up with me. I would stay up all night until sunrise, finally falling into deep sleep while the rest of campus rose for class. The sun was not so accusing this time of year. The bleak midwinter welcomed the simplicity of staying warm and alive as the fullness of my career goals. It was in the season that I found the safety and courage to whisper aloud a piece of what had happened. I still remember the night, the room, the shoulder into which I wailed in loud lamentation for the first time. My body shook harder and harder to unhinge kingdoms of shame, that had been hidden away for many months. I refused to be consoled. This time and space did not require me to explain myself or temper my anger or make it palatable for the sake of another. There was nothing to manage in that holy moment. And so I fell into the mess I'd been afraid of becoming. Every breath and heartbeat tangled up with the tears of Rachel and Rama the inconvenient and vulnerable beginning of someone who would not and could not calm down. I wish someone had told me that this, this hot mess awakening of feeling and ferocity was the prophecy fulfilled, words spoken by Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children, She refused to be consoled, because they are no more. God gave Jeremiah words for destruction and exile, and God gives us permission for wailing and weeping. I hear women explaining themselves, why they've been silent or why they are speaking now. I see women tempering their anger, clenching their jaws, so that their words can matter for even a moment. But it is Herod who has some explaining to do. It is Herod who needs to temper his anger. Survivors of Herod's rage tell when we are good and ready in body, mind, and spirit. It helps if we can trust that what we say will matter, that what we have endured will be believed, that what we feel will not need to be managed or contained. It helps if we know that loud lamentation is prophetic and holy and heard by God. If she refuses to be consoled, then let her shake. She is moving kingdoms throughout the world and within herself.
0: Alter Guild is hosted by Meta Herrick-Carlson, Matthew Ian Fleming, Miriam Samuelson-Roberts, and Derek Tronsgaard, with edits by Matt and Derek. Today's episode was written by Meta Herrick-Carlson, with music by Dotted Lines, Adrian Walter, Caleb Etheridge, and Aaron Sprinkle. You can visit our website at alterguild.org, that's A-L-T-E-R, and find us on Twitter and Facebook at Alter Guild. To listen to more episodes or to subscribe, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else fine podcasts are sold. And if you like what we're doing, please leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in tomorrow for our next episode. And in the meantime, go in peace, listen, love, serve, and alter.